NCFM Today, a podcast about family medicine in the Old North State. This edition features an interview with Dr. Tamika Howell, a family physician in Greensboro and a past president of the North Carolina Academy of Family Physicians. She's also a current member of the American Academy of Family Physicians Commission on Membership and Member Services. I'm your host, Greg Griggs. Dr. Howell, welcome to our August podcast. Thanks, Greg. As usual, it's good to, uh, to talk with you. Always great talking with you, Dr. Howell. If you don't mind, first, if you could tell our listeners just a little bit about your background and your journey to becoming a family physician leader. Sure. Um, you know, originally uh, from Arizona, where I went to undergrad at the University of Arizona, go Wildcats, um, and then lived a few places in between and ended up in New York for uh, medical school. Um, you know, while I was in an in, in undergrad, I was exposed to some programs um, that, you know, let me know about different things and health professions and whatnot. Um, and one of them um, took us out to a rural community um, to visit a family doctor. And that's kind of where I first heard about family medicine and got excited about the idea of, you know, taking care of people across all ages um, and for long periods of time. Um, so that's kind of where my interest from in family medicine came, came and eventually moved to North Carolina for, uh, for residency. Um, and, you know, obviously did, did family medicine. I was involved as a student in my family medicine interest group uh, for students interested in family medicine. Um, I applied for a national leadership position for the FMIG coordinator and got that. I mean, it just kind of continued um, once I moved to North Carolina with the North Carolina Academy in Leadership and um, eventually somehow worked my way up to being president a few years ago. <laughs> um, and I'm now serving, you know, like you mentioned, um, nationally on one of the, the national commissions with the American Academy of Family Physicians. Well, you know, there's one fact about you that I've always found really interesting, and it was in kind of happened more in between your undergrad and med school. And I understand there were some boxing involved in your life just for a little bit. Yeah. You know, tell our <laughs> listeners a little bit about that. Uh, something that I really find unique about you. Sure. Um, when I mentioned those kind of in-between states I lived in before I went to uh, medical school, I was living in West Virginia and um, just kind of randomly found this uh, boxing club and took it up and, um, box for two years, I believe it was. And my, um, I guess most, I don't know, call it famous, but the, the, there was a woman who fought Layla Ali in her first professional, one of her first professional fights who I beat in her last amateur fight in a split decision. So. <laughs> and, and, and I understand some people encourage you to be a professional boxer. Yes, I was encouraged to go that route, um, but <laughs> did not, obviously. <laughs> uh, we're, we're glad you're fighting for family medicine and fighting for your patients rather than boxing in the boxing ring. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think some of the same skill sets may apply. Though. Oh, some days, most definitely. <laughs> so, uh, you recently had a chance to speak uh, on a national panel for the AFP students and resident members. Uh and I know your involvement as a student and resident that the workforce pipeline and the family physician pipeline is uh, near and dear to you. How did you get asked uh, to speak at that national at the national conference, and sort of what led to that? Um, 
Yeah, it was actually kind of out of the blue. Um, I got a call from Jay Federer from the AAFP, who I'd worked with many years ago when I was doing the um, FMIG work as a student. And he said, you know, we're, um, we're looking for physicians to you know, be part of our, you know, main stage panel. Um, and the title of the, of the, um, you know, panel was family medicine, personal doctoring, community engagement, and social justice. And he wanted people that had interesting stories, um, and had, you know, had experience and things in all these kind of, kind of realms. And I, my initial reaction was, I don't think I'm that interesting, <laughs> but Jay thought I was. So, <laughs> so I dug deep, that whole imposter syndrome thing, uh-huh. dug deep a little bit. Um, and um, yeah, so that's how I got asked. So I think just through my leadership, he was impressed apparently by my um, speech I'd given when I um, had my inaugural speech for becoming president for the NCAFP um, as well. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, t- tell us a little bit about the message that you gave to students and residents uh, uh, during that. Um, at the main stage you're talking about yes. for the AFP? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's kind of a number, a number of things, you know, um, one um, surrounding advocacy was, um, you know, to, to make sure that you're speaking out, you know, locally, um, you know, statewide, nationally um, about issues that are important to you, um, you know, obviously, specifically to family medicine, but no matter what it is, um, and just encouraging people, it's not, it's not necessarily a scary thing to do to write a letter, or make a phone call, or, you know, send an email um, to those that are making policies, you know, for us and our patients. Um, and also just, you know, on, in terms of things like social, social justice is um, encouraging people to speak out Um, about if you see something that, you know, isn't right, that, you know, you're like, you know, that really shouldn't be happening. It's not in your head, just say that shouldn't be happening, but to say something about it, um, you know, out loud, because sometimes, you know, people may know what they're doing is not okay, but some people really don't. And unless you educate them about it, no change can come. You know, as an African-American female family physician, uh, you really are a role model for a lot of future generations of physicians. Uh, you know, do you feel any special responsibility as an African American female physician leader in medicine? Do I have? That's a loaded question, Greg. Um, <laughs> um, that's why I ask you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Do I feel a special responsibility? I don't know that I feel a special responsibility. Um, I feel like, you know, many of the burdens that, you know, other um, African American and minority um, people, professional or otherwise, um, have endured, um, exempts for lack of a better word, them to carry that responsibility of, of that. You know, I do want to make sure that I serve as a role model for others, um, who are, um, you know, minorities or, or women, um, you know, African Americans, people that have had, um, adversity in their lives, um, just to show them that it can, it can be done, that they can, you know, achieve greater things in life. So in that respect, I guess, I feel like I have some responsibility. You know, I think there's also just some, um, you know, responsibility to keep an open mind myself so that if someone who doesn't look like me asks me a question about something more personal, um, that I can help educate them because oftentimes people just want to learn so that they can be better themselves. 
I, I can tell you, Dr. Howe, you educated me a lot as you've come up through the NCAFP, and you know I feel uh, very open-minded and, and educated, but working with you has really helped, and I'll never forget touring the African American History Museum uh, at the Smithsonian with you, and walking through that uh, with an African American female, but also having myself as a white male going through that and, and how meaningful it was uh, uh, taking that journey through that museum with you. Right. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a very powerful experience because, you know, it was my first time as well. Um, and just to hear the two different perspectives when, you know, I hear heard you say, you know, about some things, well, I had no idea that that was the case and whatever it was. And I'm like, oh yeah, I've you know, known about this all my life. Um, so just to hear those different different perspectives and even some things that I didn't even know about my own history um, to be able to see. Well, for, for future generations of family physicians, are there any piece of advice you would give them to those students and residents today who are maybe beginning their leadership journey in family medicine? Of course. Um, I think the biggest thing is don't let anybody else define who you are, who you should be. Um, you know, kind of, you know, block out the naysayers, um, just because someone says you can't or you shouldn't, um, you know, unless it's something that's going to hurt, hurt somebody, don't listen to them. If you know you want to be a family doctor um, and the specialists, you know, the orthopods, I love some of my orthopods or your, you know, cardiovascular surgeons, like, no, you shouldn't do family medicine. You're too smart for that. Well, family medicine folks need to be smart. We need to know a lot about a lot. Um, so, you know, you have to be smart. So just because you're smart doesn't mean you can't do, do family medicine. So don't let anybody else define define your work. So, you know, in, in recent times, uh, you have transitioned a bit from primarily clinical practice uh, to a leadership role with an insurance company. Uh, talk about that and how you view your current role as part of your career path. Sure. Um, yes. I, about six months ago or so, seven months, um, you know, pre-COVID times, and I could not have predicted what would come a couple months later, um, took a position where I'm, you know, working from home, but I'm working for an insurance company, um, you know, helping to make decisions about people's, about people's uh, medical care. And, um, which was a, a great transition for me just because of COVID and having young children. But on the other side of that is the ability to bring a family medicine perspective to policy making within insurance companies to and a primary care perspective. Um, sometimes it feels like when I was on the clinical side that it wasn't necessarily that that perspective and that was the perspective that policies were being were being the 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 lens that was brought to make those policy um, changes. So it's been great to be there and bring a primary care and family medicine perspective to make sure our patients are cared for and get the care that they need. So it's really one more way that family physicians can fight for their patients and fight for their profession by making sure their voice is heard in corporate America and in insurance companies and in other places as well, correct? Oh, yes, most definitely. Most definitely. No. Well, is there anything else you want to tell uh, our uh, leaders today, uh, our listeners today? Um, you know, the biggest thing, and I think I you know mentioned already, is... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just really kind of knowing what path you kind of want to chart for yourself and not letting anybody deter you from that path. Um, you know, making sure that 
for those of you who are in, in medicine, family medicine or otherwise, just making sure that you're always advocating for what's right for your patients, um, regardless of, you know, where they're found from or their background or whatever, that they should all be treated with respect um, and dignity. Kind of stand up and speak up. Yes, yeah, stand up and speak up. <laughs> oh, Dr. Howe, we really appreciate you joining us for this conversation today. Uh, you are someone that I consider a mentor. I, I may be a few years older uh, than you, but uh, I do consider you a mentor, and I appreciate you sharing your insights with our listeners and hopefully with the future family physicians of North Carolina. Uh, Once again, that's been Dr. Tamika Howe, a family physician in Greensboro and past president of the North Carolina Academy of Family Physicians. Thanks for joining us and stay on the look for the next edition of NCFM Today.